Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this specific episode. I'd greatly appreciate it. And uh, we've been for some time now going through a, just a series in the New Testament that we've entitled Walk in Christ. And so we've been looking at very practical steps as to what does it mean for you as a believer in Jesus to walk in Jesus. Colossians 2 is where we looked at from the first few episodes and really plain there in scripture. Paul instructs us as believers to walk in Jesus. And so we're to pattern our daily walk after the life of Jesus. And so we are called to do that in scripture. And now the past two episodes, we've been in Ephesians chapter five, where Paul has very carefully illustrated what does it look like to practically live out the Christian life. And he's given us two walk statements in this passage. One of those is to walk in light. The other one is to walk in love. And so we've unpacked those few verses for the past couple of weeks in those two episodes. Now we're in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 18. And I'll read those. And if you don't have a copy of scripture, uh, I'll refer back to them a couple of times during the episode. And I'll reread the verse a few times. Verse 15 in Ephesians chapter 5 says this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein in excess, but filled with the Spirit. So see that first verse there, verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly. So I'm going to entitle this episode, Walk Carefully. Walk carefully. And so as we enter chapter 5 of Ephesians again on this episode, we've looked for the past couple of episodes at this idea of what does it practically look like to walk in Jesus. One of those is to walk in love. The other is to walk in light. And really I said a couple episodes ago that Paul's major theme of Ephesians chapter 5 is don't talk the talk if you cannot walk the walk. If you were going to verbally express that you are a Christian, you must then live that out, is what Paul is teaching us here in Romans chapter 5. And my great fear is that we have too many Christians who are talking a big game of being, oh yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm at church on Sundays. I go to church on Sunday night, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, and I fit all the criteria to be a Christian. But then when they're not at church, they're at home or they're at work, they don't act like they know Jesus. When we're alone, when we're apart from those who express to be Christians as well, we're not, we're not with that certain group of people. We simply don't live like we know Jesus. And so that's my great fear. And that's what Paul is writing about here in chapter 5. He's warning believers that they must put their actions where their mouth is. So we as followers of Jesus must walk like Jesus. I told you a couple episodes ago, it's a non-negotiable. It's what we're called to do. And so back in chapter 5 of Ephesians, we're looking at this third and final walk in this chapter, which brings it all together and one that is not thought about all that much, but quite honestly is very vital and foundational to our daily walk with Jesus. And that is the idea of being careful where and how we walk. Being careful where and how we walk. You can probably 
Uh, imagine it this way. If you've ever had kids or you've been in a house with kids and there's those little Legos thrown all over the house and you get up in the middle of the night, you want a glass of water or you've got to use the bathroom and you know those Legos are there, you're not just going to run through the house you know, going to the bathroom or to the, the sink to get a glass of water. You're going to take very careful and precise steps so that you do not step on one of those Legos and have, feel that excruciating pain that we've all felt at some point in our life. You're going to walk very carefully. So if you happen to come upon a Lego, you can navigate around it. So the first truth I want us to look at here in Ephesians chapter 5 is this idea to walk precisely. Walk precisely. So Paul begins this verse with some very unique words. And I'll read verse 15 again. Paul says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And so Paul using this very unique word, especially in the original language, Paul is going to make sure his point comes across from the beginning of this section of scripture. Paul begins by saying, See then. This paints a very vivid picture, which is the Greek word blepo. And the wording Paul uses here means to pay close attention to where we are walking and how we are walking. Paul is saying that we should take notice of the world and the temptation that is around us. Then Paul uses another very unique word. The word in the English is circumspectly. This word means, quite honestly, to walk precisely or to be careful of the way in which we walk in our Christian life. You've probably heard the saying before, look before you leap, means before you're about to jump into a body of water, or you're about to dive off a cliff somewhere, you best check the bottom and make sure there's not a bunch of rocks and a shallow uh, area of water. And a lot of times, if we would get this question asked to us in the Christian life, we would hear the answer, look, then don't jump. Because we would see the dangers or the pitfalls that lay before us as we're about to step into a snare or a trap of Satan. In Australia, people build uh, really high brick walls with soft cement on top around their property. Before the cement dries, they'll place broken bottles or other pieces of glass that are stuck in there so that when it dries, there's sharp edges they protrude out of the cement, preventing an intruder from climbing over it. A cat walking on top of this wall places its steps very carefully, places her feet between the small pieces of broken glass. She picks her way through there, and she's painting the picture of what Paul is describing here in verse 15, that we are to walk through life's pilgrimage very carefully and precisely, taking very close attention to where we place our next spiritual step. So you see, Paul's truth here is simple. The devil has scattered plenty of glass and snares and traps in your way to destroy your testimony. Satan wants your testimony completely destroyed so that you are useless for, for Christ Jesus. When we walk unwise or we walk without being careful, we are bound to fall and to walk into the traps and the glass and the snares of Satan. Satan at your house today has a snare. Young person, Satan at school around your friends has a snare. Satan on the internet tonight has a snare. Satan will put you in the right place, or you'll be in the right place where Satan has placed a snare in your life so that you can be tempted. And a lot of times Christians give into that temptation. So how, how do we not do this? How do we avoid the snares? Well, we're called from last episode to walk in light. 
were to shine that light to a dark world. So how do we walk in light and walk carefully and not fall into the traps of Satan? Well, Paul answers the question by saying, walk as the wise, not as the unwise. So who is the unwise in this passage? Well, Paul here is referring to the world. Those who do not know Jesus, but they're living like their master because their master is the world. And so Paul says, if we are Christians living like the world, then we're unwise. To walk any way except the path of truth and holiness is to walk as the unwise. And so in contrast, what does it mean to walk in wisdom? Walk as the wise. You are carefully shining the light of Jesus as you walk like Jesus Christ. So as you go back to verse 1, be a follower of God, the Greek word there, imitator of Jesus. You are to imitate his life. Many Christians wake up every day forgetting that they are at war with sin and with Satan. And they never carefully think about the word that they're about to say. They never carefully consider the action that they're about to do or the website that they're about to click on. And Paul's command here is so clear. Just think and walk wisely before you act. In other words, in other words don't just do. Think before you act and walk carefully. Where does the Christian gain wisdom? From God. James says that if we lack wisdom, we should ask of God because he gives to all men liberally. This is not speaking of a worldly wisdom. Paul is not saying walk in a worldly wisdom where you're excelling in academics or sports or, or finances. He's saying walk in godly wisdom. Wisdom from God is what Paul is speaking of. That means when we can make the decision if we should act upon temptation or not. The beautiful part of this is if you were a saved individual, you have wisdom from God. But the question is, are you accessing it daily? If you look back at verse 14, Paul is speaking of receiving Christ Jesus and becoming saved. Then in verse 15, he says we're to walk wise or to walk in wisdom. That means once we receive Christ Jesus as Savior, we are to walk in wisdom from God that only he can give. John MacArthur said, Every Christian at salvation was deposited wisdom to begin making the right decision of walking in Jesus or walking in the world. Now, it becomes easier over time to walk with Christ if you're truly growing and spending time in Jesus and in the Word. But we as believers should not say, well, I learned to walk carefully when I get older, or that'll start when I get uh, married and have kids, or that'll start when, you know, what job, my job responsibilities, they lessen. No, Paul says we are to begin walking in wisdom, walking in Jesus the moment we place our faith in Jesus. It starts now. Second thing I want us to look at is we're to walk urgently. So number one, we're to walk precisely, but number two, we're to walk urgently. You've heard the saying before, time is money. Maybe you've said that, your parents have said that, and if not, you've surely heard the saying. And it's kind of true. You could be spending your time making money or wasting it by being lazy. It's the choice is yours, really. And so what Paul is saying here in verses 15 and 16, this is in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And so in a society that is driven by success, a lot of people use their time focusing on what they can achieve or what they can gain and what they can achieve from doing things really of the world. And so here Paul comes in verse 16 and he makes a very bold statement uh, about the Christian's time. He says, you are to redeem the time. 
The Greek word means make most of your time or make the most of your time that you have. How does the believer not walk foolishly but walk wise? Well, they walk urgently. They walk in urgency. They make the most of their time here on earth. In other words, Paul is telling his readers they should take advantage of every spiritual opportunity that they have. Paul is saying there is an open window in time for the gospel to be shared, and we must as believers seize the moment and share the gospel. Paul has encouraged us to walk as wise Christians. So what does that look like for you? Maybe you're a middle schooler, a high schooler. Maybe you're a college student. Maybe you're a young married couple. Maybe you're an adult and you've been saved for 50 years. So what does that look like for you? It means you have aligned your priorities and you are on mission for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The application is the same no matter your age. You align your priorities so that your priorities and God's priorities are the same. And that doesn't mean you're making your priority God's priority. It means you are making God's priority your priority, which is you to share the gospel of Jesus with everyone you come in contact with. Far too often, Christians have their priorities completely out of line. Uh, Yeah, we have to have time for school and sports and friends and jobs and family and wives and kids and eating and all of those things. And all those, they're important, but it should not be of most importance in your life. In other words, we should be making much of Jesus and then everything else falls into place. We should be making much of the Jesus and his gospel, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And then everything else in our life falls into proper place as Jesus and his word is head and first place in our life. We can do that while playing sports. We can do that while going to school and studying. We can do that while working a job. We can do that while being married. We can do that while hanging out with friends. So it's not that those things I mentioned are bad or sin. It is that we have learned how to properly manage our time and make most of our time for the gospel. And quite frankly, a lot of Christians have not understood how to redeem the time or to make most of their time. And so that's why Paul says in verse 16, we need to walk urgently because there are people all around us. They're looking at our life. They're seeing how we walk. And quite frankly, they might not know Jesus. They might die without Jesus and be separated from him for all of eternity And there's an urgent message that you have. You have the message of the gospel to take that message to them. Share the good news of Jesus with them. That's why Paul says, walk urgently. Let me ask you this. What takes up the most of your time during the day? Is it your phone screen time? Social media? Sports? Friends? Is it some sin? Is it a a relationship? Is it a television show? Is it a job? What is it? And again, most of these things are not necessarily bad. Now, sin, obviously anything that could be grouped under the category of sin, that should simply be cut out of our life altogether. But when these things that are not necessarily sin are in our life and they're taking place of God, well, what do we do? And so, so many things in our life becomes a weight. And the writer of Hebrews said that we need to lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us. These things, if we're not going to check and have our priorities in line. Even good things become wrong for us because we are to be Christians who are walking in Christ, following after Jesus as we walk on mission for Jesus. So maybe it's time. 
we take an, an afternoon, we take a couple hours, and we spend time with Jesus. We open his word and we say, Lord, show me my priorities. This past week, these past seven days, have I lived on mission urgently for the gospel? Or have I given my time to everything but you, Jesus? And that's, that's not saying we have to stay 12 hours a day with the pages of scripture opened. But we simply give Jesus first place in our life. That looks different for everyone. That looks different for the college student than it does the high schooler. looks different for the married person than it does the, the senior citizen. It looks different for everyone. But the priority should be the same. We should be urgently and passionately on mission for Jesus. So why should we make most of our time? Paul answers that for us. The days in which we live are evil. If you just look around at our world, you see how evil things have become. We have violence everywhere. We have wars and rumors of wars taking place right now. Just in the past couple of weeks, we've seen on the news where people have murdered and shot innocent people. A couple weeks ago, I saw on the news in Charlotte, someone pulled up beside a bus and shot him out of road rage, killed the man. People are hateful. People were living in a wicked day that applauds sin. People are trying to rewrite what is sin. Nations are attempting war with neighboring nations simply out of hate. And so the days in which we live, we can say with great confidence, they're evil. And when the world pushes at you to hide and to live in fear, Paul says, hey, I understand the times are evil. The day in which he lived, it was rough. I understand times are difficult, but that does not mean you were still not called to live for Christ. That does not mean you were still not called to walk in Jesus. He says it doesn't matter how evil the day gets, how dark the night becomes. What matters is you're walking precisely and you're walking urgently for Jesus. We are called even in the darkest of circumstance to live for and to walk in Christ Jesus. You might say, why should I live on mission making most of my time? Because people that are living for sin and in the world that do not know Jesus the reality of scripture, they will die without Jesus and go to hell for all of eternity. And here's the truth. God has chosen you and placed you right where you are so that you can be his mouthpiece, so that you can spread the news of Jesus to them. But if we refuse to make most of the time and redeem our time, how will they hear about Jesus? We should all be convicted of not making most of our time for Christ. We should, in a sense, be ashamed, actually, for how we've placed priorities and things in our life over Jesus because we have people that do not know Jesus and they desperately need to hear his message. We must, we must, we must be on mission urgently for Jesus. So number one, walk precisely. Number two, walk urgently. Number three, walk in his will. Listen to verse 17. Paul writes, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Paul gives us a great challenge in verse 17. And again, he calls us to be wise and walk in godly wisdom. He says that we are not to be unwise. So what would make one unwise according to this verse? Well, Paul says in verse 17, not understanding what the will of the Lord is. Too many Christians just cruise through life living for their own will, their own desires, and their own ambitions. Living to please self, even sometimes to please others, but not worried about pleasing and honoring God. Paul writes that we are to understand what the will of the Lord is for our life. This is a product of walking in love, 
walking in light, and walking carefully. When we practice all three of these things, we begin to see and seek what the will of the Lord for our life is. We will, we will not live for self. We will live for Christ. If we are walking in self, we're going to live for self. But if we're walking in Christ, we will live for Christ. So what is God's will for your life? Or what is Paul referring to? Well, he's not speaking of what you should do with your life job-wise. He's not speaking of what you should do when you go to college or what you should do in 15 years. That will is different for everyone. And while we should understand that will for our life, that's not exactly what Paul is writing about in verse 17. He's speaking of, of all the wheels that have been clearly written out in Scripture. And you'll find over and over and over again in Scripture where a writer comes out and says, this is the will of God. And it refers to something we ought to obey in Scripture. So very practically tonight, what is God's will for your life? Well, very simply, it's to obey Scripture. When you read Scripture, you find commands. And in those commands is the will of God. So the point is not very deep here in verse 17. However, Paul's words are bold. We as believers should understand what the will of the Lord is for our life. And what is it? Well, we're to read and obey scripture daily. The will of the Lord for your life is vitally important. And how do you understand that? By looking in scripture and understanding how he would have you to live your life. When you learn to obey his large will or the wills that are in scripture, his precise will for your life will begin to be revealed. So many Christians pray for the will of God to be done in their life, but they fail to read scripture. They say questions like, well, what does God want me to do in the future? But they never obey the words of God in scripture. And so very clearly, Paul says in verse 17, we as believers, we need to be discerning, need to be looking for what is God's will for my life. And that does include what he'll have you do in the future. That does include how he'll have you to lead your family. That does include what job you will do. But you start to discern that when you dive into scripture and learn who he is and how he would have you to live. So three things from these few verses tonight out of Ephesians chapter five. Number one, we're to walk precisely. Number two, we're to walk urgently, redeeming the time. Number three, we're to walk in his will for your life. So open scripture, obey scripture, and love scripture with every single day that you have. And watch how he transforms your life. When you open scripture daily, your priorities will start to fall into place. When you open scripture daily, you'll read of the pitfalls and the snares that Satan has placed in your life, and you'll be able to walk more precisely, which then pushes you to walk urgently, which then pushes you to walk in his will for your life. I pray this has been a blessing. I pray you've enjoyed this slow walk through the three different walks in Ephesians chapter five. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I would encourage you to share these podcasts with a friend because I'm burdened that there's an epidemic in our churches today where Christians just don't know how to walk in Jesus. As always, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.